Welcome to Recovery Guy Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Recovery is a lifelong process. Hello, hello, hello. This is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and I want to welcome you to the fix. Because if it's Tuesday, you know it's going to be the fix with Recovery Guy Podcast. It's great to be back in uh, Utah in studio with my main man, JJ, and uh, just so grateful for the time away that Laura and I had last week. And if you had not checked out the podcast from last week, I had an incredible two part. interview with Scott Brickner and uh, what he has done personally over the last 13 years in his uh, recovery, but also what they're doing with Welcome Home Sober Living. If you haven't listened to those uh, parts one and part two, uh, please go back and do that. I think uh, you'll be encouraged by Scott's personal message and the message of hope that he and Melissa carry to, uh, to women who are looking to get well and to be safe in a uh, in a home environment and even get reunified with their children. So check it out. Thank you for everything. All what you're doing for us, we're over 1,800 listens in a relatively short period of time. That is to you, and we are thankful for that. You know, when we were out there, today's, uh, today's topic on the, on the fix is finding a, um, a solution that works, right? Uh, when we were out there, uh, as uh, Chris T always gets amused when I when I say ripping and running, but that's really what I did. I ripped and ran through life, and I was like the Tasmanian devil going through life, just as this uh, as this violent force that could only be sedated through quantities of alcohol and drugs that uh, increased over the years, and then all of the other addictions came on with the bulimia and the compulsive overeating and the pornography and the gambling and all resulted in anger and where I needed physical therapy as well as mental therapy because my body was a wreck and my mind was even crazier. Um, I was clinically diagnosed uh, in Las Vegas back in 1983 with addictive compulsive disorder. And the prognosis was that I would never get well. Well, three years later, I ended up in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous through Gamblers Anonymous and and discovered there was another way for me to live. There was a solution that I could find and appreciate and enjoy and to learn to live a new life by. So that's what we want to talk about today. Uh, I hope you got a cup of coffee, a glass of tea, water, whatever you're looking to do. You're relaxing. If you're driving, stay safe as you drive and you listen. Uh, But let's talk about uh, how important it is for us to have a solution. And really, a solution uh, that we're going to talk about is really a plan, right? And plans are written and plans are executed purposely with action. Uh, Anything short of that is a wish or maybe even some uh, hope that doesn't have any power. Um, But let's look and see 
what this is going to look like. And and uh, you tell me through your comments and sharing if we're on the mark or not, because your opinion matters. So solution defined means a, a means of solving a problem or dealing with a difficult situation. Wow. I don't care what background you come from. What was keeping you from being that whole person that you always wanted to be? But we needed a way because everything that we're doing or did do with the thinking that we had got us to the position we are in. That's why Einstein said you can't use the thinking the same thinking to get out of a situation or a challenge as the thinking that uh, got you there in the first place, right? Um, Gandhi said you can't do wrong in one department and right in another part department because life is one indivisible whole. You know, Stephen Covey talks about that every major breakthrough, every major scientific breakthrough came from a break with. So somewhere along the way, we need to find a means of solving a problem or dealing with the current situation. And for every 12-step program, every religious uh, avenue, whether it's the LDS Church, Reformers Unanimous, you know, Celebrate Recovery, um, all of those that are out there, many very good programs, secular and religious, they're going to all break down and say, okay, you have a problem. You know, until we can admit that we have a problem, over whatever substance or behavior, and that our life has become unmanageable, we will never recover. Because why would you want to do the work if you don't think you have a problem in the first place, right? That's why I would minimize, rationalize, and deny all of my behavior because I never wanted to think there was something else I needed to do to get what I wanted. And I sunk deeper and deeper into the mire of addiction. So we have a solution, again, a means of solving a problem or dealing with a difficult situation. What does it mean to recover? You know, in the forward to the first edition, and I hope whatever support or recovery material you're dealing with, I hope it tells you that you can become well. I hope it tells you that you can recover. I hope it tells you that you can learn how to do this perfect 180-degree turn to live a different life because you are now a different person, right? Biblically speaking, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. That's what happens in a plan of recovery. And it's a return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. A return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. And that solution is solving a problem. So we find a solution for recovery that allows us to deal with the current situation, excuse me, that will restore us to a normal state of health, mind, or body. So how do we do that? One of the things that I'm often concerned about is, is social media and the lack of accountability. You know, when I was getting clean and sober back in the in the mid '80s, um, it was meetings were everything, and accountability was everything. And I'm gonna, actually going to talk about that on on Thursday, the checkup. So I hope you don't miss that one as well. 
but we need to be in a place where we have some degree of accountability. Because if we don't, as we find a, a, a recovery solution or a journey solution to wellness, we're going to continue to do our own thing. Because accountability means that I listen to you more than I listen to me. All my listening to me got me to where I was, and that was a person who was dying and in desperate need of recovery. And the, the sooner I said, I can't do this anymore, whatever you say I'll do because it's obvious you know where I came from because you came from there as well, but I see you here in this day in this recovered position. And going back to that, in, in the forward to the first edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it says that we are 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Recovery is all part of the plan. And if whatever plan you're on does not include, again, you becoming well or recovering or becoming whole or being restored to a position of sanity inside and out, then I would suggest you look at another program because any program that's designed or limits you on becoming whole is not a program that is as healthy for you as it could be. Because if I don't believe that I could continue to become more well every single day, and sometimes it's marginal, but sometimes I grow a lot in the course of 24 hours. And you want to be involved in a program like that as well. I I pulled down some things from uh, recovery.org. Don't get it confused with recoveryguy.org, different website, different group of people, uh, recovery.org. There's some things that I pulled down that I think um, I want to share with you that are instrumental in uh, uh, into my recovery, and I think they will help you uh, as well. You know, one of the one of the things to recovering is finding out why you are there. I did a podcast on uh, coercion and recovery, and how coercion is a is a necessary uh, aspect of getting us to treatment. And if you listen to Scott's story uh, from uh, from last week, uh, last Tuesday, you'll see where uh, Scotty was talking about uh, getting that nudge from the judge. Right? That was a little bit of coercion going on there to get him there. So we all need to be motivated. So the first thing that I pulled down from recovery.org is what are my motivations for making this change? There has to be motivation. For me, my motivation for going into treatment in February of 1986 was that I looked in the mirror and I was going to die. I saw me as a dead person and and I did not want to die. I just didn't know how to live. So my initial motivation was saving my physical life in a way that I saw me as dead like I had never seen before. And that fear invoked my need to reach out to get help. What is your motivation? What is your motivation for getting to recovery? And what is your motivation for staying in recovery? And what is your motivation for growing in recovery? And I think this will address all of them 
So there's a, a little meat for the newcomer, a little meat for the for the old timer and the person who's been around for a minute. And and there's a little bit of milk for the newcomer who doesn't know how to digest some deeper things because you're just struggling one day at a time just not to use, right? And I and I remember those days. Uh, so one of my motivations for making this change, keeping my job, my family, my friends, improving self-esteem and regaining pride in myself and my behaviors, feeling better and becoming physically healthier, or are there other reasons? For a lot of us, you know, we've lost along the way. I lost every job I'd ever had. I lost all my family. I either walked out on them or they walked out on me. I essentially had no friends because who wants to hang out with a guy like me except guys like me, right? And they aren't friends. They're just high buddies. Improving my self-esteem, I, I had none. Regaining pride in myself and my behaviors, that was all out the window. I did want to feel better, and I knew that I could not go down any more physically than I had gone down. You know, my motivation was for keeping my life. What's your motivation? Why are you motivated to grow and to change? Now, since in my 33 plus years of personal recovery, thank God, he is the source of my recovery. There is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. And I'm quoting from the big book. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his care and protection with complete abandon. Then it goes through the 12 steps. And then at the end of it, there's three pertinent ideas, right? A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God couldn't what if he were sought. And that is the core of our recovery. Regardless of what your concept of God is, and I love AA's approach with a, a power greater than yourself, I'm so grateful because if you would have tried to define a role of God and place an image or some particular obligation I had to a particular defined view, I would have probably left or I would, have, I would certainly have BS my way even longer. But it could be a power greater than myself, my own concept, as Bill would say into that higher power. So now, nowadays, you know, my, my motives are very, very different. My coercion is very different. Um, I'm actually coerced by my own challenges uh, for me to be a better person. I am motivated every day to be a better husband. I don't need to get the family back. I got the family back. Now, what is my response and my list of gratitude uh, areas? Obviously, they're on it. Um, what am I going to do to make sure I keep them and to continue to grow them, right? So what are your motivations for making the change? Whether you're new, you're in the middle, or you're further down the road like, like me and Scott and, and, and others, Slow Will and, and uh, Eddie and, and Buddy and the rest of uh, uh, my old sober mates. Here's another one. What challenges will potentially be my biggest barriers, Right? What challenges will be will potentially be my biggest barriers? 
Recovery.org says, uh, I love the little list here. Are, are, are your coping skills currently limited? Heck yeah, they were. Um, uh, do I have sufficient support system, family, friends, support groups, and place for, for times when I, when I may need assistance and encouragement? Um, do I have legal or financial issues to address as, as part of um, my, my plan of action? All great points. You know, my biggest obstacle was me. It always was. You know, pride. You know, when we look at the seven deadly sins, uh, it says that is no surprise that pride heads the list. You know, that, that, that ego that tells me that I don't need anything from you but to stop badgering me as if I'm the one who needs to change. You know, um, again, I've quoted this before from Tom Bennett and others, you know, alcoholism and the addictions that we have, alcoholism, drug addiction is, is one of the only addictions known to man that will tell you, you don't have it. And we build up, uh, defenses against anyone penetrating, uh, our, our bubble of drinking and using and the other behaviors we, we, we do in private, sometimes in public, but mostly towards the end. It was very private because I was so embarrassed by who I had become, even though I didn't uh, think I needed help. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have uh, thought I was going to be able to change. And maybe that's why I never thought about getting help because of that uh, prognosis back in 1983. I had no coping skills. Now, here's where a 12-step program can really come into play because family and friends initially they don't understand because for the most part, and you can talk to my friend Susie, she'll tell you as a member of Al-Anon, family and friends, they're in many cases, especially if they're close to us and we've been involved in this behavior for a while, on their best day, they're codependent, right? They've looked the other way. They've signed off. Um, they, They don't understand to a large degree. They want to understand. But we are involved in such insane behavior that we defend that they're at a loss for most of them towards the end, especially of doing anything at all. They're just happy to know that we're seeking help, right? And so if you're involved in a 12-step program, church-based, secular-based, do that. Go get some type of support. Be in a place where there's other individuals who understand not so much alcohol and drugs because they were a symptom, but who understand the sense of loss that we feel while we're in this downward spiral that we have been in for a long time. Find a support group that you can find tutors and mentors and sponsors in. There's so many of them out there and regardless of where you live, there's something close to you where you can reach out. You know, and so many of us do have legal or financial issues to address. You know, give yourself some time on those. Um, if you can, make financial arrangements. Obviously, if you've got some legal concerns, the sooner you go before the court or or that legal entity to sort those things out and let them know you're on a journey of recovery. Oftentimes, they're very empathetic toward that, and they'll postpone 
any challenge as long as they know that you're on a path of becoming well and certainly doing a 180 from the person that uh, you you are uh, to who you want to become. The next thing is, can I commit to following the steps I create in order to change my life? Can I commit to following the steps I create in order to change my life? Then it goes on to say, can I honestly say that I am ready to take, make a major positive change in my life and that I'm willing to do what it takes to make that happen? Now, see, I, I understand the, the question and the premise, but for some of us, this is not a rational decision. Now, I think this is a great question for a person who has been around for a while, two, three, four years, you're starting to get a sense of recovery and you've seen some of the decisions you're making. You really don't want to make a major change um, because you you don't even evaluate in the beginning what your life is really like because we've been, for the most part, in this sedated date for so long. So, I would suggest that this is something for a person who's been around for a while. For the newcomer, if you're relatively new or new to the program of recovery, I'd say don't even worry about this for a year because it's going to take about that long to, to get some balance back in your life and really get some of the behavior, and if you're addicted, alcohol and drugs, to let all of those substances wash from your system, you know, and, and, and it's not like those things won't be waiting for you. Now, obviously, if there's something that is very important and you need to tend to, then by all means, go ahead and, and do that and take some steps in your life. But this is where I feel that uh, a sponsor or a spiritual guide, a a pastor, a priest, um, a yogi, if you you know are into that bend, some type of guru, someone who who is balanced in their own life that can help add balance to your life, uh, as so many people did of mine. Um, but I do really believe that understanding what your motivations are for making the change is so important. What challenges will be your biggest barriers? Move them out of the way the best you possibly can. And you'll find that in most cases, we are our biggest barrier, right? When you stare into the abyss, it stares back. We have met the enemy and it is us. You know, I am my biggest stumbling block. Whether it's in the relationship I have with Laura or my children, or the personal relationship, spiritual relationship I have with God. I need to get out of God's way, you know, so I can learn how to live this spiritual life that affects all of the other dimensions of my life. Then finally, commit to the steps that you create in order to change your life. In the beginning, the only steps that a newcomer needs to have as you start down this recovery solution are the 12 steps or the 10 steps or whatever steps you're involved with in that particular program. 
And I'm telling you this only because I've never seen a person do this alone. And there'll be some people out there who will say, well, you've never met me before, but you know what? I'm not going to have that argument with you. I'm just going to tell you what my experience has been over a long, long time. The people who think they can do this alone will end up relapsing alone. We need help. We need support from others. We need a plan of recovery that demands rigorous honesty, right? We need steps. We need a solution. We need a formula that countless other people have walked in and walked through and continue to walk with today. These are the, these are the thoughts that I have today regarding uh, finding a, a solution, a recovery plan that works, knowing that a solution is a means of solving a problem or dealing with a difficult situation, and that recovery is to return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. If that's who you want to be, then let's join the movement. Let's join Recovery Guy. Go to my website, recoveryguy.org. Check out the podcast and see what JJ and John and I are doing in this recovery movement, the quality movement that will help us become well. It will help us go from broken to whole. We won't be recognizable to individuals on an emotional, psychological, and spiritual level because we will be that new creature. We will be the person even beyond that we had ever hoped that we could be. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for giving us such great success. Thank you for supporting the fix. Thank you for supporting the checkup. Thank you for supporting the recovery community. I wish you well. And I hope you have a wonderful day. My name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy. I was trying to do 